What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hollywood Already Did It presents Buddies for Life, a episode-by-episode episode recap of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier paired with a delicious buddy cop comedy to see how the genre has evolved, the themes we discuss in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and how they have been discussed in this genre for years, because we have fixed nothing, uh, which is going to be a big part of this episode. We are on episode four, but before we do all that, of course, I'm your host, Blake Schultz, and with me today is Terrence Tatum. Hello, everyone. And Jamie Jarek. Hello. And this week, we are on episode four of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, The World is Watching, an episode full of insane action, great character devices, deep interesting themes some kind of easy writing just to get where we're going every now and then i'm like but how is this working and it's like who cares we're talking about interesting stuff yeah. the journey doesn't matter the destination does we are pairing them this week with uh some 90s movies we're not just doing one because unlike wandavision we appreciate the 90s on this podcast <laughs> so we are bringing you two great buddy cop movies that are actually very similar to this episode in a lot of ways with die hard three die hard with a vengeance and bad boys one which also has vengeance but not in the title <laughs> Guys, what did you think of the world is watching of this episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier? This uh, this series progressively gets better with each episode. Like I think each episode has has increasingly gone up a level for me, and this one was was no. We got like you said two major action sequences that are quite separate from each other in, in the show. I mean, we got a fifty four minute episode, but they're bookend with a lot of just ideology from everybody and you get to kind of see where everybody sort of stands zemo talking his sweet game to everybody like hey you guys are supremacists like supremacists just like everybody else like you're not much better you give somebody the serum it can go terribly wrong and i love that we we are giving these villains these these thoughts and these speeches like yeah you are the bad guy but you might not be a hundred percent wrong you might be on the right page and then you see sam kind of go and and and, and talk and have that same sort of uh, conversation with the head of the flag, flag smashers, and you're like, "Oh no, this is all this is all in play." But while all of this great dialogue is happening, you're just getting some just insane action sequences. I've not seen Falcon ever used the wings that he's the way that they're used in this this series have been phenomenal. I'm like, "Oh, you can't go back to just flying anymore, anymore, Sam," because I want to see you blocking bullets with the closing the wings like this is phenomenal it's a it was just a fun episode from top to bottom and then it got dark fast <laughs> and i was all about it yeah i um i will say i did like last week's episode better just because it was sillier and i just you know i like the silliness but this episode was so good and i one thing i love so much about this show is that like consequences exist and uh, especially when it comes to zemo like we're not forgetting what he did we can still enjoy him and love him but we're not we're not just it's not we're not jason statheming it um you know he's um, in, fa in the Fast and Furious. I, I knew where you were going, the <laughs> Fast and the Furious yes. films. Yes. Um, and um, and I just, that, that final moment with Walker using the shield as a murder weapon was just so powerful and scary. Very frightening. And, uh, yeah. Uh, wow. Um, and the, and like, we knew he was going to take that serum and I, and 
Lamar dying was crazy. I didn't see that coming. Like it was just, um, uh, it was it was a real solid episode. Oh, and also the the fight scene, especially. Uh, oh fuck, I love seeing those Wakanda. The Dora Milaje. Killing it! Oh that, my- one, that scene is phenomenal. Um, if for no for two reasons, one, you get to see how white males, two different white males, react to just getting a little living shit kicked out of them by the Dora Milaje. Bucky basically has a failsafe from Wakanda. They was like, we're gonna take your arm off. You're you're done here. You're out the game which was great. I was like, I love that. But to see the way that John Walker responded to basically just being broken by these one women, women of color, and these women of color who are not super soldiers, he's like, uh, I am nothing. It's dumb. <laughs> yeah, I am nothing. When when AO was like, we have jurisdiction wherever we want. Oh, I was like, <laughs> yes, yeah. you do. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> oh. Um, I have so many thoughts, Jamie. Or do you do you have no, more? No, please, 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 please. I have. I don't even know if I'm going to get to all of them in this synopsis. But my first one, where we're talking about, I, in I feel like what I'm realizing between this and WandaVision, and I, I'm curious if we're going to feel it in the next phase of movies as well, is the absence of not just l- these characters like Steve, but the leaders of these teams. And, I, and even in the Dormelage scenes, we don't really know where T'Challa is because of the unfortunate stuff with Chadwick Boseman. But I felt like you could even feel his absence in that scene. Like everyone is just fighting. There is not really any more of these civil war moments with T'Challa and Zemo where he has this whole thing about anger's not going to control me and I'm not going to respond this way and I'm going to be above it. And, and Diplomacy is missing right now. There is nobody left who has any, even like Tony's style of diplomacy, which is like fingers up, they're my suits, is missing. Yeah. We didn't have it in WandaVision. Wanda's just doing stuff and then leaves and we're dealing with grief and sadness. And in this show, we're dealing with ideology and symbols and systemic problems in our country and with our heroes and in all of that we're missing the people that stitch us that unify us we don't have the avengers and i like watching john walker think that he can be that person just because of a suit he's wearing and watching everyone be like it doesn't matter it we don't care if you have a shield, we don't care if you're wearing the Iron Man suit. I don't care if you're even picking up Thor's hammer, which might be the only exception to that rule. Right. I, but even then, like we see Hela lift it. So you're like, what do what do all these things really mean? It doesn't really matter. And uh, I hope you're all fans of the first Avengers because you're going to keep hearing me quote Stanley Tucci in this episode. We keep going back to the perfect soldier and the good man. And that scene with with John Walker and Lamar, and they're sitting there talking about, well, what happens? And Lamar kind of revisits that quote. And, well, you know, everybody becomes more. You're going to become more of John Walker. You've got three medals. You always made the right call. And they didn't give me those medals for making the right call. They gave it to me because I saw stuff and I had to keep my mouth shut. And it's like, oh, even he knows that everything he's been given isn't because of who he is, there's another system in place. Yeah. And feeling that moment of his, then him taking it and figuring out what drives him and it breaking him was crazy because we've seen it now, like make Bruce, 
We've seen it make Bucky. We've seen it make Steve. We've seen it reworked with the Iron Man 3 tech and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and what it's done in all of these other places. And we've never really seen it in somebody who I think John Walker wants to be a good person and he doesn't know how to do it because everything, because we're getting into like privilege. We're getting into this concept that Stanley Tucci even says, right? The start of his quote is a good man who's known power all of his life can be corrupted by that power. A weak man who doesn't know it can appreciate it. And you're starting to see that John Walker doesn't have that appreciation. And he thinks I have a shield and it means you respect me. He thinks, yeah, the second I put this shield on this uniform, I'm Captain America. You need to respect me and respect everything that this stands for instead of sort of earning it, earning his. I mean, we're not talking about the buddy cop movies yet, but this gets into the the way cops are. This gets into the way the president is. This gets into so many things that we've been dealing with this year, I think, as a society of this idea of respect and how you have to earn it. And I, I think of conversations when people are like, well, you know, you never boo the president. And I was like, no, you can, the president can suck. It doesn't really matter anymore. We now see that the, the, the illusion, the great lies of just like, well, listen to the adult because the adult knows best. Your teacher knows best, your doctor knows best. We're all now being like, I don't care. You don't know anything. So what you put on the code and you went out there, you, you made the wrong call. And we all, the world is watching yeah. was the name of the episode. And it's like, I can't think of a more apt way, which also made me think of Black Panther because you're getting into what a hero is and a good person is. And Black Panther has that beat where he's like, every moment from me is mercy. He says to missing our man, the villain, he was Gollum. Oh, Claw. Claw, thank you. The yeah. easiest name to remember. Claw, yeah. <laughs> uh, he says to Claw, he's got him pinned against that car. Oh, yeah, yeah. Every moment from me is mercy. And he pops out his claws. And everyone behind him, the Dora Milaje, is like, sir. You know. <laughs> the world is watching <laughs> well, Everyone us. is here. And he puts him back. Yeah. And it's like, ooh. Yeah. That's the moment. And when you lose... Lamar is his moral compass and he loses that. that. Yeah. And, and Sam never needed one, but Zemo even says that in this episode, there's never been a second Steve Rogers. We've seen countlessly in the Marvel movies where black people have helped white people by being like, you're white, tone it back. What's, what's fascinating. And and it's cool. Now that I've heard you talk it all out. I was like, Oh yeah, that's true. Zemo asked Sam, like, yo, if you had the option to take the serum, would you? And Sam without even hesitating was like, no, it just shows you that even him being the le- lesser privileged person in this in this entire world would have been like yeah i don't i don't want that on my life because i i don't know what i how i would be or how i respond but i know that i am not capable of probably doing i am not the man that steve was in this in this matter so i can't i can't handle that and uh it was clear because you got the later where battlestar and, and and john were having that combo and battlestar was like yeah no, i'll take it in a heartbeat i was like ah see the opposite side of that coin been like i'm all in let's do it and doing it for obviously the wrong reasons because you see what happens with john well it's interesting because you're starting to kind of see i think we now have all of these characters homelander superman cap and i think we're starting to really see also a lot of american ideologies and history being written by the winners and you're sort of seeing where steve is who we thought we are 
and Homelander, Homelander, John Walker is who we are. And that leaves Sam to be like who we can be. Mm-hmm. And you get into that Superman idea of like, you're not here to lead them. You're not here to die for them. You're not here to absolve them. You're here to show them what they can become. That's why you're here, Clark, is to inspire. Yeah. And it's like, that's something that Sam is capable of. We see it when he talks to the, not the power broker, but to all of these other people. And he brings out the other side and then John Walker ruins it. We see it in these moments with Bucky and with Zemo. We, we keep seeing why Sam is a good person. And then we have the other powerful moment in this of his sister. America doesn't care about my world. Why do I care about its mascot? And so then you really realize like, oh, it, and they talk about it too in this episode when they're at the grave of like leaders now need to look like the people they're leading and they need to be through what we've been through. Otherwise we don't care. John Walker's never been through what any of us have been through. We need somebody who looks like Sam. It's also it is also fascinating in that conversation, even though John burst in and kind of ruined it. But when Sam was talking to Morgenthau, he was sort of playing this Jedi mind trick and getting her to say what she was doing and what was happening out loud. And she's like, wait, no, that sounds worse than it is. Well, that's pretty damn bad. Morgenthau, it's pretty, pretty fucking terrible. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. And I think part of the other thing this show is getting into is, I don't want to say forgiveness, but consequences. We are kind of seeing like Bucky has to atone. And we're seeing that we agree with Zemo and we agree with her, but they've also done terrible things. Mm -hmm. And how far can we forgive characters? You think about people like Darth Vader and Kylo Ren. It's like, that's very nice that you saved Luke and turned around. You did murder children. So, (laughs) right. Like, what is what really? Like, Bucky still, my favorite Bucky scene is still in Civil War when Steve's like, you didn't do any of it. Hydra controlled you. And Bucky's response is just, well, I did it. Like I, I still strangled Tony's dad and, yeah. and smashed his face against that wall and then choked out his mom. That wasn't someone else. <laughs> like, yeah. So it's very, we're getting into some like murky territory and it's why I don't think Steve Rogers can exist in this world. I feel like Steve Rogers has the benefit of being the man out of time and coming from a, the 40s and the Great War and rah, 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 it's us against the Nazis and the Nazis are bad. And when he comes back, he gets to embody that old, I mean, he even says it in the first Avengers that the old stars and stripe, that's a little old fashioned and Coulson's like, we're, we're gonna need it. We need that. We're right. gonna need a little old fashioned. Yeah. And the more I watch this show and the more we get into who the shield has hurt and Isaiah and Sharon, the more I just go, Steve can't exist here. He can't. He's a, little too, he's a little too clean for the dirty world that is around him now. And I, yeah, I agree. I don't know if he can actually operate in this without us then starting to feel a way about him not realizing what the world has become. Because, sorry, Steve, you can't live in that ideology of being rah-rah, not now. You can only be, like, ignorant for so long. Right, uh, <laughs> yeah. And like in even even um, in Civil War, his you know him going against the government and him doing all that like that was a big deal and a big change. 
but um but i agree i think i don't think we can only go so far um i think his time his time is done and uh i i really can't wait to see where they're leading sam because every single sam moment in this show is so obviously a stepping stone to making him a leader um because he's he's clearly built for it um he, he's got every, he's got the temperament he's got the he's got the ideas and he can fight yeah They've gone from making me think that Falcon's useless to like, oh no, Falcon's about his life. Look, as soon as he stabbed that big monster in Endgame with the points of his wings, I was like, oh, this guy, he does some stuff. I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's interesting kind of seeing the world without everybody. I am curious how now we'll deal with the other symbols in the MCU, the Iron Man suit, Thor's hammer, because they all kind of stand for this this idea of worthiness and what that means and i'm like well we have we have like a literal hammer that's like unless you're a good person you can't pick it up but yeah. we're doing much more interesting things with the shield so i'm like how are we going to differentiate some of these ideologies i wonder if we play with a little bit since we do know that the hammer is going to be picked up by by natalie portman uh now I wonder if they play into that at all, saying, hey, like the worthiness, it, it changes a little bit because now we're, this is a, a female. And I don't know if they go with the cancer, the cancer situation uh, like they did in the comics. But if they do, that's a whole that's a whole other thing that they can kind of lead down that road with. I also love that the world seems to be I mean, we've talked about that this here before, but it seems like the MCU is getting a lot of um, representation from colors and sexuality and all that stuff so there's they're opening this up where what where it once was a blank slate of what everybody sort of looked like you now have more of a tapestry to play with like all right we can talk about some other things and kind of get a little bit into the muddy stuff because uh we we couldn't speak about that when everybody was a white bread <laughs> and you look at the difference of what these symbols are like you you look at the iron man suit and you go to back to civil war when tony goes you know my dad didn't make that shield Technically, the Wakandans made that shield, but technically, you've stolen more things from people, and T'Challa should really have it. I thought they were going to take it back in this episode. When, when at she shield, picks I like, it up, shield, I was like, oh, that's where it belongs. <laughs> right. Like, this is ours. I'm ending all of this. <laughs> oh, man. They haven't gotten it. They haven't gotten it yet because we, we've seen a lot of footage of Sam Bucky with the shield, but there's only two episodes. There's only two episodes left. Yeah, right. I've been thinking that too because they. I just watched a new trailer and I was like, wait, there's this whole practice session where the two of them are throwing the shield around. Is this happening? This has to happen. It can't happen in the next episode because they still have to go get it. So the last episode is when we do this, um, which is so, a lot to crash in. in, in I was I like, guess, you, two hours you, left. you go back to Civil War where Tony very much reveals that he doesn't think he's Iron Man without the suit. Mm -hmm. And Steve goes, I'm still Steve without the shield. We go back to Iron Man 2, where the symbol of Iron Man is really more like, I can do things and I don't, other people can't use my technology. And what that really means is I think I'm protecting people by doing this. But to the supremacist point of Zemo, Tony's endgame in Ultron was to build a suit of armor around the world. Uh, so you're like, well, then what does that look like now when we march out? You know, it used to be the the knight and the soldier is kind of what the comics played it up as. Yeah. And it's like, well, what does that mean in the context of this world? Are we going to see Rhodey and Pepper soon have to defend what the Iron Man suit means? Are we going to have to see Thor grapple with what the hammer means the same way? Yeah. And how is that different from the shield? And the answer is... It, you know the shield is is american propaganda it's more of an american like yeah. it represents the u.s 
as a as a whole and unfortunately we we know how the u.s even like the u.s flag sometimes there are a lot of people who don't feel that they are represented under the umbrella of whatever that flag is or in this case whatever the shield is so it, it means a little bit more than the iron than the iron suit or that the hammer it just has more weight to it well i think the hammer is very much like god right yeah. that's a very literal like you are in charge of stuff and you have something in you that means you can do this and wield this power literal power because I, I know we do, we do know that Ironheart is on the board i am curious now since iron man is not here how that takes place well i have to assume we do armor wars first and then rody will get his time to grapple with yeah. what the Iron Man legacy means and then Riri will carry it on. Yeah. But that brings us, well, no, it doesn't. The last important thing to talk about that we have to talk about is now the world has seen a symbol of America dripping in blood, blood. after he stabbed somebody who was screaming it wasn't me. <laughs> we now just have that. So it, it, it's, you can't, you now like Sam and Bucky now have to not only like decide if they want this legacy, they have to rebuild it. Yeah. I was like, the brand is, is tarnished. Like I would imagine that the government is going to shut, they have to shut down this entire Captain America like program or whatever they're doing. It's like, Oh crap. We can't, we can't all this money. We just spent on all these, these, these ads are, are, are useless now. Just put it back in the museum and let Falcon be a symbol as Falcon. Yeah. Retire, retire Captain America. I think that's might. I have a lot of different theories where I'm like, it might just be Sam. A part of me is wondering if Sam and Bucky are both going to be Captain America at the end of this. And they're just going to be like, one person doesn't get to represent the country anymore. That's not how we're doing it. Yeah. And it's going to be this like nuanced, complicated thing. Or if they are just going to be like, I'm Falcon and you're Winter Soldier. And that's why that's the name of the show. Right. And we're, 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 we're done with this. <laughs> In fact, here, Dormalazi, take this back. We're done with this. Can no longer be here. <laughs> I'm so curious if it's from our world or the other world where Cap is after Thanos broke the original shield. It's true. It wasn't pieces. <laughs> and then Cap just shows up with it. We'll never have an answer to that. <laughs> Loki, maybe Owen Wilson does. Oh, that's good. Uh, yes. <laughs> a lot of variants. Uh, but, you know, I don't have a clever way of segueing this other than. The buddy cop films this week are Die Hard 3 and Bad Boys. Die Hard 3, which has a much more interesting history than Bad Boys, in that it was a spec script called Simon Says that they just went, original ideas are dumb. Throw John McClane into this. Rework some of the story. Get him in there. We've taken him out of the single location. We've thrust him into a new situation, panned by critics, but beloved by diehard fans. One of the only sequels in existence to if you go, it might be better than the original. Most people are like, it might be. You might be right. I also recently learned fun other trivia. They originally wanted Lawrence Fishburne, mm -hmm. who Lawrence Fishburne turned down the role in Pulp Fiction that Sam Jackson took because his agents or whomever at the time were like, you're a star. This is too gritty and violent for your brand. Yeah. Then the creators of Die Hard 3 saw Pulp Fiction and went, call this guy instead. <laughs> Which I think is hilarious. Yeah. Love yeah. I also, I don't know if you know that this script originally was going to be for Lethal Weapon. Like Warner Brothers yeah. had it, had it for Lethal Weapon, and then they put it in turnaround and it just sat there for a while. Fox is like, we'll, we'll take that from you. 
It, it really is. I mean, so die, I, we all know, I think that the first Die Hard is like one of my favorite, it's in my top five. Films actions, of all it's time. one of the greatest action films um, ever. The first, yeah, the first Die Hard, there are a few movies I love more than Die Hard. And Die Hard with a Vengeance is, is a close second in that franchise in terms of how friggin' good it is. And it's not like, and, and, and it doesn't feel like a Die Hard movie, you know, no. it doesn't, um, it didn't have to be called Die Hard with the Vengeance. That didn't. It didn't need it. But uh, it just the chemistry. Like, we always talk about chemistry. The chemistry between Bruce and Sam is so good. And I think uh, I, I think it's one of the best New York movies any ever made. There are very few movies that display New York as well and as vast. It's as big as it is. You get mm -hmm. to go into the park. You get to the the freaking dam and the tunnels. You're like, oh, this this is showing me every bit of it. In some boroughs, we get to see Sam's like the the zeus's place i was like this is a lot of new york uh in a in a very massive film um we get to see the harbor like we go off to the like the boat like it's like this is a lot a lot of the movie um it's fun this is one of the few movies because this came out in 95 it's one of the few movies that i saw in an early part where i, I went to the theaters like three times to watch this like I'm how so much jealous. i loved this movie i was like oh, i'm going to watch this uh i was obsessed with the whole simon says part of it i was like this doesn't have anything to do with die hard but god damn this is amazing like i love it this fits and it works and them working together and their chemistry together and how you get that you get uh sam at his full mf and, and all that <laughs> and i love it it's great some games still to this day i don't quite makes sense to me like the water jug thing I i'll never understand quite get how that works still i'll never understand it my <laughs> friend has drawn me a map i don't get it i i will I, every time i watch it i'm like okay this is the time i'm gonna get it i'm gonna pay really close attention and i have never and i have seen that movie 40 times and i don't understand that at all yeah um but i also love that this is i mean people like to crap on die hard too but it I, I, it's fine. It's just a, a complete repeat. But I love when a third one is like, "Cool, let's go back and tie in to the original," because we'll make you sort of forget the second one because we don't want you to tie into that. I was like, "Oh, that's fun that we tie into the brother." And I love that he didn't. It's like I don't really care about my brother. I whatever. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting choice to connect it to the original and then be like, you know who I don't care for? <laughs> Connecting this to the original. <laughs> but we had to make this spec script a diehard script, and this is how we chose to do that. Yeah. So here we are. <laughs> but, it, what a, but it works because, I mean, I think Hans Gruber is the greatest movie villain of all time. And um, Simon Gruber, uh, my, in my old, uh, when I lived in Chicago, my roommate and I had a... Um, uh, on the our door, every single person who came into our apartment had to vote. Um, are you Alan Rickman or are you Jeremy Irons? Um, and a Alan won by like a mile. Yeah. Um, so for a long time, I had to pretend like Rickman's so much better, which he is, but I still love Jeremy I still Irons. I really like Jeremy Irons. Irons always... is so good in this movie. I, I, him eating the egg is so iconic. I love the stuttering, like him making it like, so I, I was like, oh, this is great. This is great also sexy like he's so sexy in that tank top and his like his hench lady um like the two of them are very hot together very yeah. very good oh, yeah. sexiness yeah which i think we always need <laughs> we don't have enough well i guess now we have zemo the man is carrying the torch for us <laughs> uh so that's die hard three i mean it's a timeless classic it has it, it evolved 
not really the buddy cop genre, but it evolved this franchise, I think, in a way. Because when you also think of all the diehard clones that existed by this point, you couldn't do a single location anymore. No. Speed had come out. Speed 2 had come out. Very, you couldn't just throw McLean into a bomb or a boat. Yeah. I think Passenger 57 had come. Like, it, it was a lot of these films were like, we're going to put you on a on an item or a, a piece of transportation and get it done. It was like, oh, we've already done this. Put you on a bus. Speed is it like, we, it's hard. It becomes Die hard, hard in a blank became a, a genre. <laughs> right. Right. And up until Skyscraper, where they were like, it's Die Hard in a Die Hard. <laughs> Um, it was not bad but it was like it was fine but it was funny to be like it literally came out i think on the 30th anniversary of die hard like they knew it they weren't even trying to be like look we're in it fuck it it's die hard that's what we're doing die Um, hard but the rock is missing a leg like that was the twist that's the and an indestructible leg jamie it blocks (laughs) like cement doors from closing oh what an insane movie yeah, uh, but Die Hard was the number one film of '95. Like that's what was is impressive. As as much as it was panned like and not liked by the critics, it's like this doesn't feel like Die Hard. The audience was like, "Shut the fuck up! This movie is great." It feels like Die Hard. John McClane is here. That's <laughs> of course it doesn't feel like Die Hard. It's not Die Hard. It's a movie called Simon Says, and Fox was like, "But what if Die Hard?" And they just figured him into it. Yeah. Then you have Bad Boys. I just love this movie. Every time that music comes on in the beginning, that Miami vibe. Shake your tail feathers in the second one. It's yes. all great. And I, yeah. I think the main difference here is that we have broken the mold of the Buddy Cop movie being Blake and Terrence have to star in it. Right. It can now be two black people. Like there are two Terrences. This is great. <laughs> As many have said about this podcast, who even needs Blake? <laughs> I um, wish it was just two Terrences. <laughs> I've been saying it for years. Um, this is another movie. Michael Bay has shown up before he's full on Michael Bay. He's showing restraint. We're getting into ideas of class. Who's allowed to be what? What what does it mean to be a cop when you come from money? Mm -hmm. How do you become a good cop? This might be the first buddy cop movie we've done also that is genuinely hilarious. I was thinking about that too. Just Um, downright funny. It it definitely changed the game in terms of, uh, and you know, Martin and Will have such good chemistry, but their and their chemistry comes from from comedy. I mean, both of them sitcom stars they they know how to be funny but they also they 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 have range they can do both they can be funny they can do action uh and it's it's so entertaining to watch yeah uh, i mean this movie just opens with the two of them just talking shit to each other and it's just fascinating and then all of a sudden like oh wait we're in the middle of a, a they're about to be pulled over and and robbed and then they're not like what just happened in the first 10 minutes of this movie man i miss when will smith was the man like I really just miss it. I like we don't we talk about this all the time. We don't really have movie stars this way yeah. anymore. And when he gets out of that car and it just that whole, oh, let me tell you how bad your day is about to be. I'm like <laughs> I miss. Oh, I miss this. The cool, like easily charming. the coolest motherfucker on 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 the planet. You're like, oh man, Will is a bad boy. There's a <laughs> shot in here, and he's just walking through the precinct, precinct, but he has like the gun holster on him, just a black like tight shirt. I was like, damn it, Will, you are a you are a legend. Like you are a damn star. It's it bums it bums me out so much that he just constantly ends and or makes bad movies, and it's like and you can tell like 
they must have been like decent scripts or something like it just is such a shame and he keeps that he this keeps happening to him and but but what is so funny is that like the only good movie he's made in like 10 years is bad boys for life i can't yeah. think of another movie that he's made that's even he's, close to as good as bad boys for life recently he's taken it was weird because he's had he's he's been a, an actor who's taken some time off uh because jada wanted to start doing things so they kind of split like she started doing some nurse shows but you're right for a while there i mean it's been a minute since he's he's had some stuff uh and he's he's well known he's passed down the matrix which would have been a completely different series that was almost an all-black action yeah. movie that was yeah. almost jada and as trinity and will as neo yeah i would have loved it yeah it would have been great. but even he like one of my favorite interviews he's done is they're like do you do you regret it it's like you know man i would have will smithed it it would have been different you, it you look been at what keanu's doing he's got this subtle small thing there would have been like just... a, 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 a matrix dance song or theme song that we would have to be like yeah let's not do this like, first of this all is... that would be fine <laughs> i would enjoy that we don't have enough <laughs> songs that were just the plot of the movie wrapped anymore yeah we need it not to, i mean we were doing this in the 89 turtles has it i'm not talking about ice ice whatever the fuck i mean the <laughs> end of the 89 turtles movie as a great song this ended with Wild Wild West, and I don't know why we stopped. Yeah, Wild Wild West. And he was doing them every every movie he was having. He was like, I'm going to release a soundtrack with it. And I was like, I'm about this. Let's let's keep doing that. Men in um, Black. Yeah, Men in Black, Will, like uh, Wild Wild West. Even though the movie's not great, that song still people like I oh, love that movie. It's, uh, it's not great, but I, I, <laughs> uh, I saw it in theaters as a kid, and it like... Oh, as a kid, it was so much fun. Oh, I yeah. went on eBay and I bought, because as a kid, I had the Burger King like sunglasses from that movie. So I recently went on eBay and it was like seven bucks. I'm like, oh, I need I need these. Uh, but I have not yeah. watched that movie in a long time. I need to revisit. Uh, it's funny with Bad Boys. I, it's, I, this is another film that I saw quite a bit in theater. And I, this is when my my taste in women started like changing. I was like, I don't know who Taylor Leone is, but I'd like to find out more. <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah i yeah. was like who who's that and I, I i'm learning but i also love that we talk about the comedy this also takes this movie takes a specific comedy trope and puts it into an action uh, film like cool you guys need to swap places and i was like wait that's happening in the middle of an action comedy what's happening right now I watched like, friends who'd never seen it um uh and both of them were like what this is a mistaken identity movie <laughs> Like you totally do not see it coming, especially that it's like you don't go into like with Will and Martin and just expect that they're just going to be each other. Well, it's funny because they have to establish these characters so quickly so that the comedy of them playing each other works. Because otherwise, like that plot should be the fifth Bad Boys movie. But they do right. such a good job of being like, here's who these two people are. And really, it's just this one is rich and a playboy. And this one is like middle class with a family. Yeah. Hilarity will ensue. <laughs> um, and so it does. But that almost brings us into the, the why. Why these two buddy cop movies for this episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And as we've talked about, it really comes down to two things. Who these people are, the symbols they represent, and and... What does that mean? And we will always go back to Stanley Tucci having those peach schnapps with Cap. It's about being a good man, not a perfect soldier. And we get first to bad boys. And we look at this and 
this is who these people are. And instead of it just being, what does it mean to the country? It's what do they mean to each other? This theme of partnership and friendship and now they have to be each other, which means they have to showcase the worst of each other and the best of each other and then piss each other off a little bit. No one wants to see somebody be who they are because they're going to realize that they're not great. Yeah, when you are not, when you are no longer the the eyes, you're you're they're seeing things and you're you're getting it mirrored back to you. You're gonna be like, oh, that's what I do. Yeah, that's a that's a little gross. <laughs> I should probably pull that back a little bit. But these are also these ideas of class and worthiness and and. You know, Bad Boys flips it a bit at first. It's like, well, you're a rich guy. You don't care about being a cop. You just want to go where the action is, get laid, and and and, and be Will Smith. Right. <laughs> be him. Where Falcon the Winter Soldier takes class and puts it more in the context of systemic problems and even being a hero. I think we all had this idea <clears throat> that if you were an Avenger, you could live and retire and just do that which we should have all known as people who have to watch homeless veterans all the time, know that that's wrong. That's incorrect. That was going to be wrong from the jump. Um, so it's interesting to see kind of bad boys take that idea and go, well, what does that mean in the context of being a cop? What does it mean to be a cop in Miami who is also black? Mm -hmm. This is a similar thing that Falcon and the Winter Soldier deals with of like, well, now I have to be this person, but like, Steve and Bucky and Zemo and Sharon and everybody else gets the privilege of not being black and not feeling that the country doesn't represent their world. And I think you see that a little bit in Bad Boys as Michael Bay's career moves forward. I think any deep themes we find in Bad Boys was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think it was on purpose. Um, I think it might a lot of it is a product of casting two African American leads. Um, Michael Bay is probably one of the few people, and this bad boys always gets into that weird bubble. And I, always, I love having the conversations about this, but typically anytime you have two leads that are African-American, it's considered to be a black film um, by the way that the studios break it down. We're like, this is now a black film. This, however, bad boys is the one series that doesn't quite fit into that, that, that realm. Cause they're like, yeah, it is Will and Martin, but it doesn't really fit the normal quote unquote tropes that, a black film like the wood or best man like doesn't fit into those type of things so like yeah it is two black leads but maybe not and i do think a lot of the stuff that happens in this happens because of the cast that the two leads are african-americans if it had been anybody else or even one and one like one black person one white person it would have been this would have felt a lot different than what we we wound up with yeah i think that i think that's very true i think that that comes from that i think there would have been more frankly stuff we had seen in this genre already if we had done that we've we've done it would have felt way more like lethal weapon the yeah. movie would have suddenly been like oh i'm doing lethal weapon in miami all right right fun <laughs> uh but even you know then you get to die hard which is even a more almost meta way of going what does it mean to be something and that movie really goes well what does it mean to be a die hard movie Thematically, it goes, what does it mean to be John McClane and have your family and this bad headache and this hangover? And it's more individualistic, which I, I think is uh, the privilege of having white writers and directors is they get to do themes that are just like, but me, <laughs> <laughs> my world is fine. One thing we have to talk about um, uh, 
is that Aldous Hodge is the little boy, is the younger um, of, of his nephews and how now he's going to be Hawkman. And I love like just looking back and what a precious little baby he was. Such a tiny young human in that, in that, oh. in that shop. Uh, yeah. It's a crazy, that film is nuts in the fact that, I mean, we think about it, Die Hard for those first two films also was just a, it was a, it was a straight white guy being the lead. And we immediately take a franchise that's already well established and like, cool, here's a black dude who's going to go with it. Take it. And if you don't like it, kick rocks. Yeah, and it's more so like, because obviously the first one, you know, there are important black characters, like especially Al, well but, it's, yeah. but it's different because um, because they, no one is is as important Correct. as John McClane. And in this movie, um, Zeus is just as important. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and it's, you know, we don't see John's family. It's, it's Zeus's family that, mm -hmm. that you're, they're saving or they're trying to, the kids. Um, and I, and I think that's a really cool. Yeah. Thing. I forgot. I forgot. It would spend the whole time at that school, which is pretty much, I mean, it's, it's a mixed, mixed group of kids that are at that high school that has got the bomb threat to it. So yeah, it's just a lot of, it's a lot of character and a lot of culture that we, we just weren't getting in those first couple of diehards, mainly because they were single locations they're either at an airport or they're at this die hard with the vengeance like we're taking all of new york which is which is very different than what they had done previously um but i also think it just ties back into the winter soldier like we talk about how a lot of these times it's races that are different like a black and white person that's sort of what we always stick to and that's kind of more so than diehards because it's more of a class system which plays a part too but i think that's why uh winter soldier falcon and winter soldier is 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 sticking true to some of the diehard stuff is because we are still dealing with black and white. And that's sometimes when you get to the meatiest of the stuff, because at the heart of America, that's some of the biggest differences that people have. It's interesting in Vengeance how uh, McLean kind of accuses um, Zeus, you know, being prejudiced a lot um, mm -hmm. and like hating white people, and uh, and it's an it's an interesting dynamic. Whereas, you know, we look back at Forty Eight Hours, and it's like Nick Nolte is doing so many horrible being things. Very, yeah, super um, racist. And I love that Zeus is just like these are the facts. <laughs> and yeah, um, it also leads me to believe just the way that that all comes off is that it, it's clear that McLean, outside of Reginald Bell Johnson has not been around many people of color because it was clearly that there was a lot of eye opening that he got throughout the, the process of that film. Yeah, I think that's a, an interesting thing that doesn't really get talked about with Die Hard 3 is the John McClane realizing that his world is bigger than he thought it was and yeah. coming to terms with some bias that he might have had because it's a very basic white person thing i think to be like well the person who is racist is the person who is saying the things about the white people that is the that is the racism if i was saying that about other people i would be racist and it's like yes well because people don't know the definition of racism right. and you right. can't be racist against white people if you you're the minor, whereas, like if the majority can't be racist, yeah you can't have racism put against you someone but on twitter once tried to argue this with me it was like it was when nick cannon said some things that like made him go viral stupid. and yeah. people kept calling him racist and it's like and i tweeted this i'm like just a reminder he's not racist this he's, like if we're ignorant something it's, <laughs> it's like right. and, and somebody responded to my tweet like no he's being racist and it's like you're literally just arguing definitions of words yeah. you just sound stupid all you're doing <laughs> is, is pretending that a word means something it doesn't 
Yeah. Like it's like prejudice is still not a nice thing to it's, be. It's still not a good thing. Yeah. Right. It's, like, it's like it's not still not nice, but it's like <laughs> a different de- definition of a word. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people have just smushed those two words together, but it's it's interesting seeing that in Die Hard 3 and connecting it to Falcon and the Winter Soldier because I feel like there's a lot of a lot of that also like quietly happening of Sam kind of being like Bucky. Yeah, so there's a couple of guys. moments where Bucky is sort of getting that slap in the face like, oh, I forgot you are a black dude and when we're not in full-on Avengers mode, not saving the world, I forget that probably matters more. My bad. Yeah, and I think even, you know, we're getting these bits of Zemo understand, like, at least at least understanding in some context. He gets like, it more than most, um, which is fascinating. I, I think despite that also, his affluence. Yeah, I think that's being him being a foreign, like, not of America. Like, it's, a diff- it's sort of different outside of the U.S., and in the U.S., it's more of like, oh, yeah, there's, there are, there's we're all well, segregated bucky's also from the 1940s yeah. there is also still this yeah completely different situation <laughs> yes. like, like, he also still has to kind of have the like oh right 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 yeah. right <laughs> uh it's it's interesting i think too and then you know bad boys also i think has something in line with falcon and the winter soldier that we're also building too which is the admission of partnership and friendship i think one of the overlaying themes in bad boys that really came out in the third movie is these guys butt heads and have been friends forever and have to kind of keep readmitting that to each other. It's the closest thing to like a, a male bromance of like, Oh no, but I do love you. And I, so far like Bucky and Sam keep having these like, well, we're not partners. We're not friends. We're just doing this because we both knew Steve. And it's like, well, eventually they both have to admit that they were there, that they both got blipped in infinity war they both were on the ground in Endgame. They both are Avengers. They both were part of the Civil War. They both were like, eventually one of that has to be like, I like you, man. Like sooner <laughs> they, or later. They have to do the uh, Arnold Carl Weathers arm, <laughs> arm hug. Yes, I feel like there's like, because Bucky like very specifically, like he's not my partner. And I feel like we're, the final episode, we're going to get like a, like a really cheesy, like, okay, partner. Yeah. okay yeah and i won't oh. eat it and i'll scream kiss at the <laughs> i already like they already have some of those moments when bucky like kicks one of the super soldiers down and is like stay there i was like that's a very like mortal combat video game like stay down and i'm like i don't mind it but it is dumb <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're already um, having a lot of like action movie beats they have moments where they're like, let's go in full 90s. Like the whole you're welcome when he when uh, Bucky saves Sam. I was like, oh, this, we're going to bring to throw these in here now because this doesn't fit with what the, what the rest of this world is doing, but fine, I'll take it. Yeah, I feel like that somebody every now and then is like, you got to put in a few action things to say. <laughs> you got to you gotta have it. <laughs> and thankfully that allows us to have this podcast. It's true. So. Uh, we would have found something. You're right. Uh Luckily, if you're enjoying the podcast, all you have to do is subscribe and leave us a review and then follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Hollywood ADI. And Hollywood already did it as this concludes episode four of Buddies for Life. You can follow me at, as always, Blake, Terrence at Terrence Tatum and Jamie at Jamie Cinematics. I just joined Letterboxd, so find me on there, people. There you go. I'm sure she's got all sorts of lists, as is my understanding. Uh, (laughs) 
you can of course do the rest of her work at comicbook.com and buzzfeed.com uh you can find our other podcasts you can't do that anymore wherever podcasts are available and i do how do you figure about toy collecting and so forth and that has been the show later